Here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast, where we share stories of personal transformation and life lessons through our experiences of traveling and exploring the world. Travel is the ultimate accelerator for personal growth, and it can be the root catalyst for the pivots and plot twists we make in our lives. I'm your host, Kelly Tolliday, and it's my mission to inspire you to live life to its fullest, travel with an open mind and heart, and let the world show you a new perspective. I'm so grateful you're here with us today, so let's dive right in. Happy exploring. Welcome to the pod. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Transform with Travel podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I will be sharing my story today in a solo episode, one of the greatest adventures of my entire life in how I met my husband, how I met Sam. Uh, So for those of you who can tell by my accent listening, I am American. I am from South Florida, born and raised, and my husband is Australian. So one of the first questions that we get when we meet people out and about at the park, at school, whatever it is, is how did you meet? How did you guys get together? How, How did this happen? And they tend to think either we met when I lived in Sydney or we met in college somehow. But no, we we met in an entirely different way, in a way that's unique to us and <laughs> in a way that it would, if people who really know me and know Sam well prior to us meeting, would they would say, hmm, this is exactly how they would meet their partners. <laughs> so Buckle on up. Let's let's go through a little origin story of one of the greatest adventures of both of our lives and how we've been able to merge our passions for traveling and exploring into one of the greatest love stories, in my opinion, of all time. Truly, this story, like any good story, unfolds well beyond the point of when we actually met. And it's a story of saying yes. It's a series of yeses that each of us took that led us to the path that made us land exactly where we landed in the moment of meeting each other. So essentially, this story started with me going to study abroad in Switzerland. I decided in the summer before my senior year of college, I was going to go study in Switzerland because they had a really great summer program for hospitality. And I was minoring in hospitality at the time. The program was based on top of a mountain in Switzerland above the town of Egla, and it was based in a really awesome hospitality school in Switzerland. So I decided that sounds great. We're, Switzerland is so centrally located into all the places that I wanted to go to Europe, and it was a really great group of people going. I knew some of them already from my hospitality program, and I was going to room with a really good friend of mine. From college. So it was going to be a really awesome summer. And it ended up being a beautiful, beautiful adventure that we went on. We had so much fun just laughing hysterically the entire summer all the way around Europe. And I met a really good friend through the study abroad program. There was about 20 people total and only two boys. <laughs> and he was one of the two boys. And we became really good friends. And after we returned home from our study abroad program, we were sitting at a bar at our college town, both of legal drinking age, might I add. And he was telling me how he was going to go back to Europe. He was going to go to Ireland in a couple months for a family wedding and that he was able to bring a plus one and his girlfriend wasn't able to make it at the time. And he had all these hotels booked and the car booked with his brother. And I said, well, I'll go, you know, if obviously if your girlfriend doesn't mind, I'll go. 
Uh, and so then I, I, I decided that I wanted to go back to Ireland in a couple months. And luckily, my parents are pretty used to at this stage of my life. <laughs> We're pretty used to me coming up with some crazy adventures and and truly their ability to trust in my judgment, their ability to trust that I could assess a risk and that I could take that risk and that I could land you know, nine times out of 10 safely from that risk. Their belief in me is truly what's allowed me to take some of the biggest leaps in my life and know that even if I fall, I can get back up again, that even if it's a quote unquote failure, that I've learned something from it and I can move on. And that belief is really what's allowed me to take all of these risks and adventures and say yes to all of these beautiful things in my life because of that. And so when I went to my parents and I said, hey, I want to go back to Ireland going to go with my friend from study abroad. I've met his parents. They're very great. They're awesome, down-to-earth people. Half of his family's from Ireland. So, you know, we've got a lot of friends and connections there. And they said, okay, within 45 minutes, I booked my flight. I believe it was on Expedia. We found a flight really quick. I don't know how we got away with it, but around Thanksgiving time, we got a flight for $600 round trip, which was incredible. And I was off on my way. By the time it was my last Friday, right before Thanksgiving break from college, and we were on our way to Ireland the next morning. And so I went to, flew. we flew from Tallahassee down to Orlando and then from Orlando to Dublin. We land in Dublin at about 6 a.m. So of course we're groggy, we're tired, we're all the things, jet lagged. And his dad meets us at the airport, drives us into the center of the city. We were right inside Temple Bar, the, you know, tourist central of Dublin, but also where all the bars and nightlife and, dare I say, part of the entertainment culture of of Dublin. I don't want any, you know, Irish <laughs> local uh, Dubliners to get mad at me for saying that. But we landed and we walked straight up to our hostel in the center of uh, Temple Bar. And it was probably the tiniest hostel I've ever seen. We hosteled our way all around Europe, and that was hands down the smallest room I've ever seen with a triple bunk stacked, stacked on top of each other and a bathroom that you basically had to squeeze your way through the door to get in. And it was the three of us. It was me, my friend, and his brother sharing this room. And it was I knew what was going to be the start of an epic adventure. We I think we took like a short hour, maybe two hour nap, freshened ourselves up and we were off out to get some lunch in Temple Bar and just started our journey. We saw a flyer in the hostel for a pub crawl and immediately we said, yes, we're doing it, of course. Why would we not go do a pub crawl through Temple Bar? We had some of the best nights um, during our study abroad program when we did a pub crawl in Prague, in Spain and all all the places around uh, Europe that we did for our study abroad program, we happened to just stumble upon pub crawls. And so we decided let's do this one in Dublin. Best way to see all some of the top bars in Dublin at the time. So we got ourselves ready for the pub crawl. We walked to the first pub. We opened the door and I immediately see this guy at the very edge of the bar with a friend. I didn't really notice his friend too much. And I just locked eyes with him and I said, oh, wow, okay. I don't know who he is, but I'm going to be friends with him. <laughs> he was wearing what I called capris back then, what I now know are chinos. And he was wearing a sweatshirt. It's 
cold in Dublin in November. And we lock eyes for a little bit, but then me and my friend, we, my friends, we get a table uh, separate from the bar and we sit down and we have our wristbands on for the pub crawl, but I didn't notice that if he had a wristband on or not, I didn't get that close to be able to see if he had a wristband on. So I decide that I need to go to the bathroom. So I walk to the bathroom and by the time that I leave the bathroom and come back to sit down at my table, there are two more chairs pulled up at our table. And lo and behold, it is this mystery man with his friend sitting with my two friends at the table. So we find out that we're all on the same pub crawl. So, of course, that's instant friends. You get to build a rapport with your crawl mates <laughs> before you start on start on the, the tour of the city. So I learned that mystery man's name is Sam. He does have a name. His name is Sam. And he is from Australia. He, at the time, was 23 years old, and somehow we got on topic of skydiving. I learned that he would never, ever, ever in a million years skydive, which to me was a little bit of a bummer because I love all of that. I love skydiving. I've been bungee jumping. I love jumping off cliffs. I love all of that stuff, anything that can give a good thrill. I love all that, but I, I loved his conviction that, nope, you would never in a million years get me on a plane that small and then open the door and then jump out. <laughs> Somehow that should be a good sign of someone who's very stable and secure, but in my mind, I was like, damn, I, I love the adrenaline-seeking guys, I guess. So um, we continue on the pub crawl and we go to the second bar. Of course, there's some drinking games set up and there's more people that start joining the pub crawl and we're having a lot of fun. And then we go to the third bar. And then I believe we go to the fourth bar. And by the time we get to the fourth bar, his friend turns to him and says, look, mate, I'm I'm tired. I want to go home. And I turn to him a little em emboldened and brazen. I don't know what the right word is. And I was just like, no, you're I don't think you're allowed to leave. I think you have to stay. And so Sam turned to his friend and said, yeah, I'm going to stay here. You can go home. And we spent the rest of the night getting to know each other and having fun and really just getting a little bit deeper with each other, with each pub, with each drink, just kind of opening up a little more, talking about our families, our values, our dreams, the places we want to go. And the more we got to know each other, the more we realized how much we had in common, how much our core values were, the, were similar, although we grew up in literally on opposite sides of the world. We had very similar family values, very similar family structures. And those are the types of things that you can't, you can't find very often, people whose values and whose hearts and, and missions really align with your own. Somehow it all got that deep over a handful of pints. But by the end of the night, we walked home from the last pub and uh, he walked me to my hostel and we said goodnight. We exchanged Facebooks and he said, okay, at 8 a.m. we are going to meet at this cafe near my hostel and we're going to meet there for breakfast right at 8 a.m. And I remember thinking that I wake up early. I was a swimmer. I used to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. There's no chance I'm not going to wake up for this. This episode is sponsored by Rising Nature Retreats. Are you feeling called to explore the world, take off your bucket list, and make lifelong friends along the way? Are you overwhelmed from planning the logistics of your trips or sick of feeling like you need a vacation from your vacation when you return home? Rising Nature Retreats offers world-class travel experiences, 
infused with daily yoga and wellness, personal development workshops, unique adventure and cultural excursions, and holistic local cuisines. Experience the world as you elevate your wellness. Return home feeling rejuvenated and empowered to bring what you learn about other cultures and about yourself back home with you. This is the adventure you've been waiting for. Join us in 2024 to explore Thailand, Portugal, or Greece. Visit risingnatureretreats.com or at risingnatureretreats on Instagram and Facebook for all the brochures and information on upcoming international retreats and local of classes and events in South Florida. And I wake up in the morning and I check my phone and it's like 1030 and I slept through the entire breakfast I was supposed to meet him at and I wake up panicking, totally panicking. And I check my phone, I check my messages and the first message I see is from Sam and it was maybe about an hour after he dropped me off at uh, my accommodation and it had said, I'm so glad to have met you. I know that life will never be the same. And, you know, by the time you're 21, you've received a couple love letters in your life. But this was one of the most affirming messages, one of the most affirming letters, I guess you could say, Facebook messages that I'd ever received because in my heart, I also knew that was to be true. Luckily, the next message after that was from him at like 930, like, shit, I <laughs> I overslept. I hope you're not there waiting for me. I'm so sorry. And I had messaged back an hour later saying, so did I. Let's meet at the cafe. So we ended up meeting at the cafe. All was well. We both overslept and we were there with his friends, who is now one of my friends as well. And we had breakfast. We did the hop on hop off tour bus, which is excellent. Excellent way to see a city when you only have a little bit of time. And we toured the city together. We spent the whole day exploring. We went to the old jail there. We went to the Jameson factory. My friends met up with us later in the afternoon. We had dinner together, all five of us. And then we decided to build our own fun pub crawl that same night. We all bought funny, silly, ugly Christmas sweaters and we made our own 12 pubs of Christmas through Dublin, not knowing a single thing about Temple Bar. We just picked different bars and we wore the ugly Christmas sweaters. I believe towards the end of that night, we got kicked out of a club there because we were eyesores in our ugly Christmas sweaters, <laughs> maybe stumbling a little bit as well. Who knows? No, no one will ever know except us. <laughs> And so, again, we said goodnight at the end of the night, and that was my last night in Dublin. He had a couple more days left before he traveled on to Switzerland to meet some friends, but that was truly it. We had two nights, two days of hanging out together, and the next morning we had a, a tearful goodbye. It was very, very sad. <laughs> we said goodbye. Uh, the next morning he came to meet me, and off I was on my road trip, 10-day road trip through Ireland while we were culminating the trip at the wedding that we were there for. And Sam still had a couple months planned or perhaps a couple weeks planned left in Europe. Oh, yeah, it was a couple months by then. Yeah, it's a couple months. He had a full like three month trip through Europe planned as Australians do. You know, they just go for months at a time. The best travelers. And we messaged. We were constantly in contact. Those 10 days I was in Ireland, I was messaging him. We would FaceTime. We would call. He'd be in different countries. He went to Switzerland. Then he went to Sweden. And by the time that I left Ireland, I knew there was something serious happening between us. 
I knew there was something happening, seri- something seriously happening between us by the time we locked eyes at that first pub when I first walked in. But this was just continuing to reaffirm what I already knew in my heart. And so on my last night, he we're on FaceTime and he said, look, my friend who I'm with in Europe has decided that it's too cold in Europe in the winter and that he's homesick and he wants to go home. But I still have a whole nother month left. I have all these hotels booked, all these flights booked through to after New Year's. Do you want to come back to Europe and spend my last two weeks with me and we can spend New Year's together in Europe? So I went home back to school. I was getting myself landed back in Tallahassee at Florida State and I called my mom and I said, hey, I have met someone and I think it's pretty serious and immediately my mom starts laughing and she's like, oh, I know how this is going to go. I already know what, what you're going to ask for. I, I can already see how this is going to how this is going to roll. And again, I said, I'm going to go back to Europe the day after Christmas. This is just to put things in perspective. I landed back home, I believe, on December 2nd and I was going to leave back to Europe on December 26th. By December 3rd, the day after I landed, I booked a flight from Fort Lauderdale to Barcelona to meet Sam. And we kept in contact every single day until the day that I landed. And I left on December 26th to meet Sam again a couple weeks later. And I got into Barcelona. We had a a classic movie style running towards each other in the airport. He had flowers, big wrap around. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me back up. I thought I was going to miss my flight. So my flight was out of Fort Lauderdale. I had to go to New York at JFK and then from JFK go to Barcelona. I was delayed like three or four hours for a really bad storm. And I literally had, I'm not even kidding, maybe 20 minutes connection by the time that we landed in JFK to having to get to my gate. And if anyone's been to JFK, you know how much of a pain it is to get from terminal to terminal, from gate to gate. So I'm like, we land, I'd ripped my seatbelt off. I'm pushing in front of people to get to the very front of the plane. I'm like crying, talking to the air, um, the flight attendant. They get me all the way to the front. They push me past everyone. I'm sprinting through JFK, like full on sprinting. And of course I'm in like full winter gear because I'm expecting to land in Barcelona and be cold because it's December And so I'm sprinting, 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 like pummeling people, throwing elbows, trying to get to my gate. They're calling my name over (laughs) the monitor in the airport, like last call for Kelly Schwantis. That was my maiden name. Last call for Kelly Schwantis. I make it to my gate. They pull the gate closed right after I run through and I step onto this plane and every single person on this plane is looking at me because I can tell that this plane has been waiting for me and now they're delayed because of me. So I felt really bad. Everyone's like death staring me. I sit down in my middle seat. I have to like peel off 45 layers of sweaters because I'm sweating my ass off so bad. I'm crying. I'm just like so relieved I made it because I did not want to miss this opportunity to see Sam. I did not want to have to wait another day. And I text him saying, I did it. I made it. And then I turned my phone off. I didn't see what he had said next. 
So I landed in Barcelona. I don't have any service, so I didn't even turn my phone on, but I eventually found him and he had been waiting there, just not sure whether, you know, whether I was going to step off that plane. He wasn't sure what was happening. It's not really, that was really back in the day when there wasn't like readily available Wi-Fi everywhere. You didn't just get to like click on your travel pass on your your service for your phone. So it was kind of difficult to get Wi-Fi. So he wasn't sure. I don't think he ever got the message that I landed and I made it. So we, we, we finally find each other in the arrivals lounge of Barcelona and we're running, we're sprinting towards each other, big hug, big kiss. He gives me a, a, a thing of flowers and then we make our way to the hotel. And so we spend one night in Barcelona, which was really fun. And then we flew the next day to Berlin where we met up with a couple of his friends from Sydney and we had an Airbnb together so that we had spent New Year's in Berlin. The coldest New Year's I've ever spent in my life. We were hanging out for like seven hours at the Brandenburg Gate waiting for the ball, or I guess their version of the ball dropping with fireworks and everything. It was so, so, so cold. And then from Berlin after New Year's, we went to London and we spent a couple nights in London. And by the end of our trip in London, by the end of our few days in London, we both wanted to tell each other that we loved each other, but we both knew how crazy it was that we had only really spent like eight full days in person together. Um, We had only really known each other for five weeks at that stage. Uh, But we both looked at each other towards the end of the trip and and we ended up telling each other that we loved each other and that we were going to make it work. And it was just really such a beautiful way to end that trip. We had to say goodbye at Heathrow Airport, which was really sad because we weren't 100% sure when we were going to be able to see each other again. This was the end of Sam's trip. So he was flying home to Australia and I was flying back home to Fort Lauderdale and then starting my last semester of university at Florida State. So this was my final semester of college and Sam was going back home. This episode is brought to you by Child & Company. Child & Company is South Florida's first family-friendly office space featuring private offices, a professional content creation studio, and childcare for hybrid work and work from home parents located in Boca Raton. Child & Company is founded on the belief that you shouldn't have to choose between raising a family and being career-driven. Their core mission is to create an environment where family and work can exist in harmony. The best part to me as a mom is that you can pop in and breastfeed your baby or have lunch with your toddler if you like and then pop back into your office for your Zoom meeting, which I think is so key, especially for newborn moms going back to work. It's the perfect transition from emerging out of the newborn bubble and getting back to the business you love. Child & Company provides you the flexibility to work in a beautifully designed, ergonomic private office with insanely good Wi-Fi connection and soundproofing while just being steps away from your child. They have monthly themes that they base their lessons on, like in September, they are exploring the animals of the Amazon, which I obviously love when children get opportunities to learn more about the world and build a sense of curiosity. Child & Company offers weekly and monthly classes and events, like some beanie, music class for babies, mindful cooking for toddlers, big kid yoga, and mindful mama community events, and so much more. I've been a member since February 2023, utilizing their private offices and their professional content creation studio. Child & Company is where all of the magic happens for this podcast. Their beautiful recording studio is soundproofed with state-of-the-art equipment, microphones, lighting, and cameras. So you can record your podcast, course content, 
meditation clips, and anything else you might want to record for your business. The Child & Company team truly feels like family. They are an extension of my team over here at Rising Nature Retreats and the Transform with Travel podcast, as well as an extension of my own family. If you're local to Palm Beach and Broward County, do yourself a favor and check out Child & Company. Visit www.childandcompany.com or head over to Instagram at Child & Company. So if anyone knows Sam, they know that he will work his ass off to get what he wants. So he went home, immediately went to work, immediately started getting, you know, building up his money again because I did not know this at the time. But when he finally, when I confirmed that I was going to come back to Europe to stay with him, he went through the process of changing his friend's name on all the flights and changing some of the rooms from like hostel rooms to like normal hotel rooms. And he didn't quite understand the concept that, yes, there's a fair change or a fair diff. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? A change fee. That's the word. And he thought the change fee was maybe 100 euro per flight. But he didn't understand the concept of a fair difference. And a fair difference when you book it a couple weeks before New Year's is a very big difference in fair. So I did not know how much money he had spent extra for me to be able to come and spend the last two weeks of his travels with him. But once he finally told me, I was shocked. He had spent an enormous amount of money for a 23-year-old backpacker. (laughs) Uh, So he had to go home and replenish his funds. So he worked really, really hard. And I told him when I was coming to Europe, I said, look, I will come to you for this trip. But if this works out between us, it's on you to come to me next time. So He worked for five straight weeks, six straight weeks, day and night, every shift he could take. I was in the throes of getting back into studying. And within six weeks, he flew from Sydney all the way to Orlando, his first time in the U.S. ever. And I picked him up. I drove down from Tallahassee, picked him up on Valentine's Day in Orlando. And then we drove over to St. Augustine and spent Valentine's Day together in St. Augustine. The funny thing is Sam, when he was young, was given a $1 bill, which is very like quirky, I guess, because in his mind, because they don't have notes for $1 bills. They just have coins. So it was always just like a fun little souvenir, I guess, that someone had given to him. And he kept a $1 bill in his wallet his entire life since he was about five years old. It's all tattered and ripped and crazy. And he had no idea why he was so attached to this $1 bill, but he kept it. And he he also, out of any U.S. sports teams, growing up, he always gravitated toward the Miami Heat. And I'm from just north of Miami. So it was just all these little signs that like, why? Like, why would you be so obsessed with these, you know, U.S.-based stuff as as a, as a kid? And so he landed in the U.S. We went to St. Augustine. And then from St. Augustine after Valentine's Day, we drove up to Tallahassee where he got to spend my last semester of university and really get a sense of what it's like to be in a U.S. college system, which is very, very different to an Australian university education, university experience We had sororities and fraternities, which he thought was wild. We'd be sitting in my sorority dining hall and he'd have dinner with us. And fraternities would be coming in, like singing on guitars and bringing puppies and inviting us to parties. And he'd be Snapchatting his friends like, whoa, this is like the movies. This is wild. 
So it was pretty cool for him to be able to have that, I guess you could say, cultural experience and get a really good sense of where I'm coming from, from my experience. And then after I graduated college, which was amazing for him to be there and be with my family, um, he went back to Australia. And two weeks later, I flew out there and and moved out there. So at that stage, it had only been six months of us being together. And we had decided to move to Australia together. And so I moved to Sydney right after college and started my postgraduate experience, my my career over in Australia. And so it's been a really wild almost 10 years. It will be 10 years in December, 10 years in November since we've met, which is crazy. And it's just been an adventure every single step of the way. He feels like a cozy home and a wild adventure every step of this relationship that we've been in, which is a really amazing feeling to have within somebody. We stayed in Sydney for a couple years. Well, we really stayed in Australia for five years. It was our home base. We traveled between Southeast Asia and Australia and back to the U.S. a little bit. But Australia was our home base for five years, which was a really cool experience for me to kind of grow up as an adult in Australia. And then after we had gotten married, we decided to move back to the U.S. So in July 2019, we moved back to the U.S. to set up our home base in my hometown in Florida. We're about five minutes from where my family lives. And now we raise our family here. We've got two daughters. My oldest, Layla, she's turning three soon. She's got seven countries in her passport stamps. My youngest, Indy, went to her first country this year in Greece, and we're really instilling a sense of adventure and fun and exploration as part of our family culture. And I just share this story because it's just wild how one yes, how one risk that you take, how one adventure that you take can lead and change your entire life. This is one of the biggest life pivots one of the biggest adventures I've ever been on in my life. And it's really started off by saying yes to a study abroad program, which led then to a yes to go on a trip to Ireland to a family wedding that I've never even met before, to saying yes to go back to Europe to see Sam after only knowing him for two days, to saying yes to moving to Australia, to then saying yes to marrying him. And so it's really been a beautiful journey together and I'm excited to share this story with you all. I hope I hope it brings a smile to your face. I hope it brings you some optimism to your own life just knowing that a change, a pivot, a an adventure is around every corner and just being open to those adventures, to those uh, moments in your life that can unlock so much change and so much happiness and so much positivity. Not to say that our relationship hasn't been a lot of work, which it has. (laughs) Meeting someone and falling in love in a few days and then moving across the world in a couple months has its own particular sets of challenges. Um, But it's just been such a light in my life. And it's been such a fun story to be able to retell over and over and over and over again. And so maybe next time somebody asks me, I'll just send them a link to this podcast. But I just want to thank you so much for going on this journey with me, for listening to our story. Maybe one day I'll have Sam come on here and tell his version, which is, I'm sure, slightly different than the one that I've shared today. And yeah, I hope 
that you guys can share this and have a little laugh, have a little smile. And, and I hope you can say yes to your own big adventure soon. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Transform with Travel podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of inspiration, adventure, and exploration. If you felt inspired by this episode, please rate and review in whatever streaming app you're listening from. This allows us to spread the word even more and continue to serve up weekly doses of adventure. As always, we'd love if you could share the episode with someone in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This is your reminder to get out there and keep on exploring.